It's your boy DM3. You're listening to the Buffalo Blitz Podcast, exclusively on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Buffalo Blitz Podcast, hosted by Peter DiBiase, right here on the Built in Buffalo Network. Guys, welcome back to another edition another Friday edition of the Buffalo Blitz podcast. You guys like always can find us on Apple podcast and Spotify every Friday morning and make sure you guys follow the built in Buffalo network on all social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Apple podcast, Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook, as well as built in for articles throughout the week that give you great insight guys. Today, we are joined by another guest. We are joined by Akeem, who is one of the co-founders of the Built-In Buffalo Network and hosts Bill's Allergy on Saturday nights, as well as co-hosts the Conflict of Interests on Tuesday nights. Akeem, welcome back to the program. Peter, I'm, I'm blessed to be back, man. I'm always uh, a fan of your show. I, I love your work and love what you do, and um, I'm excited to, to talk Buffalo Bills with you today. When are we not? When are we not? Last week, guys, if you guys remember on last week's edition, uh, we had Brian from Breaking Tables on, and we broke down the offensive prospects that the Bills, and particularly the Bills, should be interested or could be interested in the draft. And the draft is when you guys are going to be seeing this less than a week away. Yep. So the draft is coming up. Akeem, we're going to start. Obviously, we're going to flip this time, guys. We're going to talk about the defensive prospects. We're going to start with the big boys up front. And Akeem, I want to start. We'll start with the DNs and D tackles. We can lump them into one. Do you see, we can start with this and then we can break down some of the prospects, the Bills taking a D end or D tackle in the first round? You know, with with how the free agency was conducted for the Buffalo Bills, with, with the signing of Von Miller and, and Tim Settle, Shaq Lawson, uh, Jordan Phillips, Daquan Jones, you would think that the Buffalo Bills are good up front. You think that they are good at the defensive tackle position. You would think that they are good at the end position, especially when you spend the money that you spent on a Von Miller and the acquisitions of first and second round picks last year in Gregory Russo and Carlos Bassam Jr. You would think the Bills are good, right? But Brandon Bean is a always is always a GM that crosses T's and dots his eyes, and he is a firm believer in best player available. So if the best player available on the Buffalo Bills board happened to be uh, a defensive tackle or a defensive end, it it wouldn't surprise me at all, right? Because yeah. uh, we all know the draft, we can all assume and play the experts and play like the media outlets and think uh, these guys are pegged to these positions or these guys won't fall out the top 10 or top 20. But there are surprises that happen within the draft. And if Brandon Bean finds a guy that slips through the cracks that can make an impact up front for the Bills, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he pulls the trigger and does so overall do i think it's going to happen a big guy up front uh we've been drafting big guys up front the last four years so i don't think so but you can't put anything past brandon bean i agree and i think you can't put anything past brandon bean and i think if you we won't put them together dns and d tackles like the dns that i have graded as a first round dns and this is what i think and obviously you can have your own opinion everybody that's listening and as well as your team but aiden hutchinson Thibodeau, 
George Karfalafis, I think I said his name right, Trayvon Walker, and then Jermaine Johnson, second. That's no particular order. That's for DNs. The tackles, I only have two first-round grades, Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt. And Jordan Davis is the name that comes to my mind. I don't think, and a lot of those DNs I mentioned are going to be off the board at 25, so the Bills might not even have to worry about that. But right. if Jordan Davis or even Devontae Wyatt, both D tackles from Georgia, that they're at 25, and maybe if the Bills wanted a corner, but Andrew Booth Jr. is not there or whoever is not there, whatever. If Jordan Davis is there at 25, Akeem, how hard of a pass-up is that? Because he screams future D-tackle 12 years in the NFL, and his combine, he was a freak at the combine. He was a freak in college. I think this guy should be a top 15 pick, but you know how the draft goes. Guys slide, guys shoot up the board that you just don't see coming because experts get stuff wrong. And that's the beauty of the draft. You expect the unexpected. Jordan Davis at 25. How hard, Akeem, would you pass up Jordan Davis at 25? Because I would be I would be sitting there. You get 10 minutes to make that pick. I'd be there like a 955 if Jordan Davis is there at 25. And we know we do have a, we have a cornerback need. We potentially need a wide receiver, a running back, some other stuff. And we kind of built up the D-tackle via free agency. Jordan Davis could be a once-in-a-generational D-tackle. It, it Now, me personally, of course, it all depends on how the board falls and who is available at the time of 25. Uh, in, my, in my overall opinion, do we have positions of more of a dire need? Probably so. We talked about the cornerback position. We're pretty sure we'll talk about it later on the show. But it would be really hard for me personally <laughs> to pass up on a guy like, like Jordan Davis. We're talking about a kid that's 6'6", 341 pounds, and he's nimble on his feet. He runs a 4840. A man of that size and stature is not supposed to be a sideline to sideline uh, freak of an athlete like he is in Jordan Davis. And I just have great dreams of lining up Jordan Davis at the one with Ed Oliver at the three technique. I think that would be a, a, a very attractive defensive tackle tandem that would be hard for me to pass up because they can raise havoc uh, in the in, on the interior defensive line for years to come, Ed Oliver and Jordan Davis. And the, the, the dream scenario of having that pairing is the reason why it would be very, very hard for me personally to pass to pass up a guy like Jordan Davis. He will free up a guy like Ed Oliver to make some more sacks on the inside. He'll free up guys on the end like Rousseau and even Von Miller to make plays because he's such a big body that has to be accounted for. So, uh, Peter, it, you know, I, I know we have other needs. And I, I don't think Jordan Davis would be available at 25. In my, I, I'm, I'm kind of hoping he isn't. <laughs> so we don't even have to worry about about that situation. But because if he is, uh, in my honest opinion, he would be very, very hard for me to pass up. Yeah, and disclaimer, I, I agree with Akeem. I don't think he's going to be there at 25. I just don't because I don't think there's going to be 24 teams that are just going to pass up on him. You never know. There's, there's, It's the draft. Crazy stuff happens. Guys fall. It's just part of the draft. Devontae Wyatt's another guy. I don't think he has Jordan Davis potential, but he's a very good D-tackle. I have a first-round grade on him. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Bills can go depth, guys. And there's one guy, and I think this could be, a, if we're flipping to the edge for a second, I think this could be where the Bills, if they wanted to hit a going edge, a developmental guy, 
after round three. And a guy that I like, a guy that's from Virginia Tech, and a guy that excelled at the combine, and I have a fourth slash fifth round grade on him, and that's Amari Barno. And the reason I like him and the reason I think the Bills, they wanted to go an edge rusher late in the draft, take a developmental one, because Barno is not an every-down edge rusher. He's an edge rusher, in my opinion, an edge rusher specialist. He's not good against the run. That's just not his thing. But you're taking a guy in the fourth and fifth round that's just going to be a guy that just gets after the quarterback. That's all he does. So he's not going to be an every-down edge rusher. That's why he's not in the top half of the draft, because you need guys that are going to play uh, a ton of snaps. And Barno's not going to be that type of guy. And why not let some guy develop behind Von Miller, behind Rousseau? He's not going to be asked to do a ton. And if you take a developmental edge, I think that will be something the Bills should probably look into. And I think Amari Barno would be my guy. Akeem, the Bills wanted to go down that route. An edge rusher that maybe you potentially like towards the later half of the draft. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna rebuttal here. I I like Amari Barno's game, uh, the edge rusher from Virginia Tech. You talk about talked about him a little bit. Uh, definitely a developmental guy, but he has a high ceiling. 6'5", 245 pounds. Uh, I like his his wingspan and that length. And he seems as if, uh, watching him for a couple games early in the season, he seems as if on the college ranks at least he's comfortable in playing in space. And I think that that will bode well for his game in terms of 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 getting on the field, especially in pass rush situations. I do think he has to become a re- a better run defender. I think he I think he does a, a decent job now, but I think um uh, he does have some rawness to his game, and he does have to definitely work on his hand usage and his hand placements and 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 how to get off the ball and how to beat offensive linemen with a a, a different array of pass rush moves. But uh, overall, I think if he is uh available in the fourth, fifth round and the Buffalo Bills do indeed to decide to go that direction. Uh, I really like Amari Barno. I think, uh, I think he would be a, a, a solid prospect for the Bills. Yeah. And as we're going to, we're going to switch on DN and D tackle could be a possibility for the Bills. Obviously guys, the tackle yep. may be more of a possibility in the first, second round, but you never say never with Brandon Bean. And next position, I say this is the most interesting position in the draft for the Bills. It might not be the most needed position, but it's the most interesting because of two things. You have the Tremaine Edmonds contract. That's a factor. Mm-hmm. And you have the fact that if they don't want to bring him back for the future, you're going to need another linebacker. And obviously I'm talking about the linebacker position. Mm-hmm. The Bills at 25, an underrated pick would be a linebacker at 25. I don't think Devin Lloyd is there at 25. I have two first-round grades on linebackers, Devin Lloyd and Kobe Dean. I think Nicobe Dean, if the Bills wanted to go linebacker 25, would be a possibility there. And Akeem, let me let me know, get your thoughts on not not just a linebacker in the first round, but a linebacker maybe in the first or second round. Because I have five guys that I have second round grades on as a linebacker. I got Leo Chanel, Brian Asuma, Chad Muma, Christian Harris, and Quay Walker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Chad Muma a lot. I think Chad Muma is a guy that can come in and uh, be an impact player uh, for not only the Bills, a, a team immediately. Uh, first off, uh, getting back uh, to Nicobe Dean, I think um, I think Lloyd, the kid from Utah, is going to be gone by 25. Yes, I agree. Uh, in my opinion, I, 
I'd be I'd be shocked if Nicobe Dean's there at 25 as well, but I think he would be there. If I had to choose between Lloyd and Dean, he would be there. And that would be another Georgia kid that's that would be hard to pass up, even with a even with a Tremaine Edmonds on the roster. I'm thinking about okay, uh, it's not an immediate need as in pressing right now, this very moment, but what about the future? What about the immediate future? We don't know what that holds. And the Kobe Dean's leadership uh is something that is that is seen throughout his career with the Georgia Bulldogs. And I think that that leadership and that culture he provides is something something that Brandon Bean and the Buffalo Bills implement in their locker room on their football team. So I think in terms of a culture standpoint and a leadership standpoint, Nicobe Dean and the Buffalo Bills uh, would be a match made in heaven, along with uh, Muma as well. I like his game. I, I like his range and flexibility. I think he could come and be an impact player, a high IQ player for the Buffalo Bills at the linebacker position. And I want to give uh, one more name who I think could be found. He's probably a, a a, a day three pick between rounds three and four, maybe. And uh, the Bills had him on their pre-draft visit. And that's uh, Penn State's linebacker, Brandon Smith, former five, former five-star recruit from Penn State. I think he is a, he's a, a, a very, very gifted athlete from the linebacker position. Ran a 4-5-2-40 in his combine. And Penn State, they're just breeding these, these athletic guys uh, at the linebacker position, they have you have Michael Parsons. Now you have Brandon uh, Brandon Smith this year, and I think uh, Brandon Smith is a guy that. Uh, if he's given a chance to develop, if he's given a chance to learn and not thrown in the, thrown in the fire immediately, he can be a, a impact player in the future for the Buffalo Bills. So my three favorite linebackers for the Buffalo Bills in terms of just being on the team, not necessarily a, a, a first or second round grade, obviously is N'Kobe Dean. Uh, I love Muma as well. Uh, and and Brandon Smith is a guy that I think uh, can be a can be a still of the draft if if he's if he gets a chance to learn and, and develop behind a Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano before he gets thrust in the fire. I like the Brandon Smith one. I have a third round grader in Brandon Smith, so I, I'm pretty, I would say, high on Brandon Smith. And the thing with the Bills taking a linebacker in the first, second, or even the third round, it all depends on who they see. On, on what they see of Tremaine Emmons for the future. We're not going to get into the Tremaine Emmons debate because you can do a 45-minute podcast about that. But Tremaine Emmons, if they both see him as a future piece or a future linebacker, or starting middle linebacker, excuse me, of this team, and they want to sign him to a long-term contract, I would say the first and second-round linebackers potentially could be out of play. You never know, but mm -hmm. that would probably make me feel like they're out of play. Mm -hmm. Christian Harris, a guy in the second round, I have a second-round grade on, I think, right in the third round. I think you get him in the third round, potentially, from Alabama. Leo Chanel, I have a second-round grade on him from Wisconsin. Wisconsin has good and good players on their team. They're not, they don't have the five-star recruits, but they have good, solid, like, blue-collar Wisconsin players. Mm -hmm. High IQ, instinctive high linebackers. IQ. Mm -hmm. Exactly. High IQ, they're going to get dirty. They're, they're, they're not... They didn't come into, obviously, college with that high potential and all that stuff, but they developed into a solid um, linebacker or whatever position they play. He's mm -hmm. very good. Um, Leo Chanel, Quay Walker from Georgia. If you take a, I feel like if you take a Georgia defensive player this draft, I feel like you just can't miss because mm -hmm. obviously you're going to miss on one or two, but obviously Georgia's defense is was last year incredible and helped them win a national championship, and they're just going to produce a ton of first-round, second, third-round picks this year. Quay Walker is another possibility in the second round, I believe. There's 
There's a lot of good options if the Bills wanted to go linebacker. Like Akeem said, is it a dire need? No. You have Tremaine Edmonds and you have Matt Milano for this year. It is not mm-hmm. a dire need. So you could totally just get that out, out of your mind and just not go linebacker. But Brandon Bean has always talked about you got to build past year a year. Like Obviously, as fans, we can because that's not our job. We're not paid to build a future Super Bowl team and hopefully a Super Bowl team. But the Bills want to be good for years. They don't just want to win a year and then just stop playing football for 10 years. It's obviously, Brandon Bean doesn't want to do that. Could like a linebacker could be in potential in the second or third round and then develop and then not re-sign Tremaine Edmonds. I love Tremaine Edmonds. I don't want to get into that conversation. So I don't see the Bills potentially going to linebacker, but there are options. Third round pick, Brandon Smith, Akeem, if that is called on um, Friday night of the draft, and that's Brandon Smith. Um, I'll send you a text because I, I agree. I think Brandon Smith would be a very good develop, not even developmental, but he will be a little bit of a developmental. That's the weird thing. Like, I don't think so, he, is. Yep. he is, but he's not. It's kind of because he won't be asked to play day one because you already have Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano, unless they moved Tremaine Edmonds somehow. But if I'm going on the limb and saying Tremaine Edmonds and <laughs> Matt Milano are on the starting on the roster in September. And I think we should say that for right now. Brandon Smith's not a developmental guy, but he's not a starter. Right. I agree. I, I think that he can come in and play right away if asked to. Exactly. Uh, but at the same time, because the Buffalo Bills are pretty set at the position this year, it would be a, a, a thing where he would probably come in in sub packages and rotational situations. And then uh, depending on what happened with the linebacker position after this year, he can be uh, an immediate impact player for years to come after year one. Yes. Yes. And guys, linebacker position could be a sneaky pick that the bills could potentially go. The next position we're going to be talking about, and we're going to be staying on this topic for a little while. And this is not a sneaky pick because if you listen to uh, the recent uh, press conference from McDermott and Bean. They've talked. They talked about. And if you obviously you can take everything with a grain of salt, which you should when you hear GMs and coaches talk before the draft. But it sounded like that the Bills could go potentially two cornerbacks. I have eight cornerbacks in the draft. I have seven grades or seven first round grades or corners. I love this year's cornerbacks class. I have Sauce Garner, Derek Stingley. Andrew Booth Jr., Roger McCreary, who I just did a draft profile on the built-in Buffalo News website, if you guys want to check that out, because that was awesome. Somebody just did a Kyle Gordon one, so you guys, want, those are two corners that the Bills could take at 25. So Kyle Gordon, Trent McDuffie, Career, Elam, Akeem, if, you, mm. if the Bills go corner at 25, and we're going to say they are for this part of the segment, and we're going to say Sauce Gardner and Derek Stingley are not going to be there because they're not going to be there. I want to say Andrew right. is not going to be there, but maybe he's there. If realistic, a realistic option, 25, what what corner are you going and what corner do you think is realistically there? Oh man. Uh and you know what? The, and and this is I, I get my juices, my juices flowing when I talk about the cornerback position. Not only is not only it's because of the need that the Bills have for the position, but it's a very deep and, and talented position as well. I think you super alluded deep. to super deep. I think you alluded to a lot of talented cornerbacks. And I know for sure sh- 
Two names I know for sure should not be on the list at 25 for the Buffalo Bills, so we shouldn't, I wouldn't have to talk about them as much, is Sauce Gardner and Derek Stingley Jr. I think those are the, the cream yes. of the crops, in my opinion, in this year's draft for the cornerback class, and they should not be there at 25. If they are, I'm running up into the podium and grabbing them right away. If, if they're um, at 20, I'm running up to the podium. Right. I'm trading up. I'm trading right. up with anything. So those right. guys, I don't see them those guys getting past 15. Right. So and so now if I have to think about the other guys that has uh, a possibility of falling down, I think I think Andrew Booth Jr. is going to be there at 25. Um, I really like Andrew Booth in terms of of his ball hawking mentality. I like his length. I like uh, I, I, I like how he plays the ball. I like his tenacity and run support. Um, my only concern with Andrew Booth, and it, and it, it might not be a concern at all, is, is, is his injuries that he have. I believe he has a sports hernia thing. He couldn't participate in the combine. So yeah. we already have a guy like Trey White that's recovering. Uh, I do think we uh, I do think we need a, a guy that's going to be relatively healthy and ready to compete uh, right away along with Dane Jackson. So uh, I, I like Andrew Booth Jr. I wouldn't be opposed to Andrew Booth Jr. But for this particular instance, I'm not I'm not going to uh, select him as my personal 25th selection. The- Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Super Beats Heart Choose Advanced. From the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beat brand for heart health support, the new Super Beats Heart Choose Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production, healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Superbeats Heart Chews Advance are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Superbeats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL. Guy I would want at number 25 specifically if he's available, because I don't even know if this guy would be available, but I think there is a chance that he could be. Uh, and that is uh, Trent McDuffie out of Washington, the cornerback out of Washington, man. I think uh, Trent McDuffie, I, I think he's a, a, a good athlete, uh, displayed display some speed, 4-4-40 at the combine. He has good lateral agility and quickness. Uh, I, I like his mentality for a player his size, 5'11", 193. He reminds me of a linebacker in a way. He's not afraid of, of contact. He's an, a, an aggressive and, and willing tackler. It seems as if he enjoys the physical contents, uh, contact. So uh, I, I really like him in that regards. And uh, his coverage ability, he's always around the ball. He's always sticky. He's always around the ball. He never really, he never looks to, or appears to be out of position. He looked like he could excel in both in, in zone and man coverage. It's good to play man coverage sometimes to switch things up. Uh, he has the high IQ to play that zone coverage. Uh, I'm not really, uh, and I know a lot of people would say, well, he's not the biggest of guys. He doesn't have the biggest arms and, and things of that nature. Uh, I, I don't care. <laughs> I don't really care about that thing. I, uh, 
get me a guy that can play the game that knows how to play the position, knows how to play the game of football and, and knows how to execute. And Trent McDuffie does that. And I don't have or see any, any analytical notes that says guys with big wingspans and long arms are better than these guys with shorter arms. So uh, get me Trent McDuffie if he's, if he's available at, at number 25. So Akeem's guy's going Trent McDuffie. <clears throat> yes. I don't want to say Andrew Booth Jr. because I think I would take him at 25. But okay. there's also the potential chance he's not there at 25. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm going to do a guy that I just did a draft profile on because I just did a ton of research on him. But I also think this guy at 25 could be there at 57. It's kind of a weird thing. Mm. I'm not saying he's not a first-round pick. But because there's so many good corners in this draft, Akeem, yep. everybody, everyone's board's going to look differently. So it's yep. kind of based off on your board. I think if like some of these guys, like a Gordon McDuffie, Alam McCreary, go in the second round, I don't think that means they're a second round uh, corner. I think that means they're a first round corner. It's just the depth at this position and based off the team's needs. That's right. my opinion. So Roger McCreary is my guy. And mm. I think he's my guy at 25. He's also my guy at 57. Or if they wanted to trade up in the second round. Do I see the Bills taking him at 25? I don't know. Because I think you could get him at 57, but for this thing, because I just love Roger McCreary and I just did a little profile on him. And if you guys want to check that out, that would be awesome. But Roger McCreary posted six interceptions and 135 tackles in four years at Auburn, only seeing kind of three years. He's an open field tackler. That is something, he's a great open field tackler. That is something I think McDermott and Frazier would love. A corner that is not afraid to get dirty and just hit a guy. He's a little under six feet. He's athletic, and he has very short area quickness. Like Akeem said, he's not hes not a big guy, if that's probably not the right technical term, but he's not going to just over – I don't even know what the term is, but you know what I'm trying to get at, Akeem. Like, he's not hes not a, he's not like a combine stuffer. Like, he's not going to measure at 6'3", 2", whatever. But right, he's, right. He's a little under six feet, but he makes up for his lack of height with his athleticism and his quickness, and he can play both inside and outside, and I think that is awesome. He also excels in a – he's best in zone coverage, which the Bills play a lot. The yep. Bills play a lot of zone coverage, but he's also pretty good in man, and I think that's something that the Bills would love. Um, he's, a little, he's aggressive, and I think the Bills could mold him into that day one corner. The highest-graded corner in the country this past season – was Roger McCreary, according to PFF, in 2021, Akeem. He had an 89.9 grade from PFF. You can say whatever you want about PFF. I would still think that's pretty pretty good to be the number one graded cornerback in all of, of college football. He's 5'11", 190 pounds. His 40 time was 4'5". So he's good. And I'm going to say a couple things what Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay said about him. So, in Mel Cooper's latest mock draft, he has McCreary going at pick 55. Like I said, he could be had in the second round to the Cardinals. This is what he said. McCreary is fundamentally sound and advanced in his technique, but he's undersized with short arms. He's also not as explosive as few other corners in this class, but his tape flies off the board. So he's a guy that has great tape, good speed, but he's not a, spe- a, a giant specimen. He's right. a little bit of an undersized corner. Same thing with... um. McShay, he basically he said he had 15 broken passes last year. He says um, his speed's a little questioned, but he's awesome. 
a couple of his pros, excels in man coverage and press coverage, consistently gets his hands on the football, has good instincts and awareness while playing in zone coverage, excellent tackle, tackler, excuse me, versatile, can play inside slash outside in multiple schemes, and something we talked about with the Wisconsin players, Akeem, something that I think the Bills would love, he's in high IQ and a physical corner. Mm-hmm. I think somebody that the Bills could take would have to be a physical corner that could stop the run as well, as well as stop in the pass. Roger McCurry, maybe not at 25. So if I had to like bet my life, maybe an Andrew Booth Jr. or I think either a Trent McDuffie would probably be my two picks at 25. But I love Roger McCurry. I think he is going to excel in the NFL. And I think if you took him at 25, I am not hated against that. And if you get him at 57, I am jumping through my yes. Because I would be ecstatic if they had him at 57. But Roger McCurry would be my pick. I think if I had to go realistic, or if I had to bet my, bet everything, I agree with you. I like the Trent McDuffie Akeem or Andrew Booth Jr. But Akeem likes Trent McDuffie at 25. I like Roger McCreary. I want to talk about some of the later corners because I think the Bills could double dip. And I think we heard it from the press conferences uh, from McDermott and Bean. A couple guys I like. Jermaine Wall, I have a fourth and fifth round grade on. Uh I have Jalen Davis from Alabama. He's not talked about a lot. Fourth or fifth round grade. Martin Emerson. I have a third round game from Mississippi State. Josh Joby um, from Alabama. And two guys that the Bills, I have third round grades on. And I think the Bills could get in the third or fourth round. Mario Goodrich and De'Aaron Kendrick. Akeem, mm-hmm. give me a guy you like if the Bills went another corner, maybe third through sixth. Uh, so one corner I I really, really like. I don't think he's being talked about enough, actually, is... Nebraska's cornerback Cam Taylor Britt, cornerback Nebraska. He's about five ten, about one ninety five, two hundred pounds. Cam Taylor Britt is uh, a Big Ten guy. ran a ran a four three eight forty. ran a had a had a pretty damn good combine for a four three eight forty. Uh, so the speed is there. Uh, I I like his man coverage skills. He's a very good man coverage player, and he probably is a even better zone player. He got. Uh, I believe five career interceptions during his time at Nebraska. And I think this kid is a guy that uh, every time that I turn on tape and I, and I type in Cam Taylor Britt, he's always flashing. He's always flashing. He's always around the ball. He always encouraged. He has good instincts and playing in a Sean McDermott defense, playing in that uh, cover three zone defense was a critical part of a defensive backs game that's tackling. And Cam Taylor Britt is a, is a, as an enforcer, as a tackler at the cornerback position. So if it's a guy that's not being talked about and a guy that's kind of off the radar, uh, I know there's a, a plethora of corners from some sauce to Stingley to Kaya uh, Aleem uh, to Trent McDuffie and Kyler Gordon. But if there's a guy that's not being talked about enough, it's definitely Nebraska's Cam Taylor Britt. And I, I have a third round grade on him. I think he could come in and be a, 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 a starter for an NFL team right away. So uh, I really like the, the kid from Nebraska, Cam Taylor Britt. I have a third round grade on him as well. I completely, completely agree with him. I think that's someone the Bills could totally uh, dip their toes in and select him in the third or even the fourth round because I think you yep. could have a little yep. later than we both have him. The Bills, I believe they're going to take two corners. I think that's my most likely I, I think that's what the Bills are gonna do in this draft. Is it one is it a guy in the first and fourth, or is it a guy in the second and fourth, third and sixth, something like that? 
Mm-hmm. I think the Bills are going to take two corners just because of the whack depth and the Tredavious White injury, as well as obviously Levi Wallace signing with Pittsburgh. But there's a ton, a ton of good options. Cam Britt is a good late round, not even a late round, third or fourth round option. Mid mid round option. Yep. Yeah, mid round. That's that's the right word. Mid round option. Akeem believes McDuffie is the pick at, or potentially could be the pick at 25. I like McCreary at 25. There's a ton of options. The Bills. Picking a corner at 25 is a high, high possibility, I believe. And I think that could be the pick. You could go a guy in the second round and maybe like a, a Zion McCollum or Tariq Woolen. And a mm-hmm. Tariq Woolen was incredible at the combine. He was one of those guys that fits all the measurables in the sense of the combine measurables. That's a guy you could have in the second round. Jermaine Waller could be a guy you have in the fourth or fifth, and I think he could play day one. There's a ton of good options. And I said last week, Akeem, Cornerback is the deepest position in this draft. Yep, by far. So, guys, Bill's cornerback is a high possibility. We're yep. going to end our show with the safety position. This is another another interesting uh, position for the Bills to take in the draft. I have three first-round grades on uh, safeties. Kyle Hamilton, Daxon Hill, and Louis, Louis Chin. And then you have high second-round grades on Jalen Petrie and Jaquan Brisker. Those guys from one Brisker from Penn State and Petrie from uh, Baylor. Akeem, the Jordan Poirier contract situation is looming because he's a free agent at the end of the year. Another sneaky pick, like the linebacker pick, could be a safety at 25. It's not going to be Kyle Hamilton, but it could be uh, Chin or Daxon Hill or Jalen Petrie. What, what are your thoughts on this uh, safety class? Uh I think it's a solid safety class. Uh, I don't think obviously is as deep as the cornerback position or has as much uh, possible perennial pro bowlers as the cornerback position. But if you wanted to go that direction within uh, the first two or three rounds of the draft, I think you can definitely uh, find a safety that can come in and, and be a, a impact player. If not now, then for uh, for the for the future, like we alluded to, uh, Jordan Poyer, we know that he's entering the last year of his contract. Uh, you know, we've been paying a lot of guys. Uh, I'm pretty sure we all want to pay all our good players, but the reality <laughs> is you you can't pay everybody, right? Yeah. And Jordan Poyer is going to be a free agent after this season. Micah Hyde is going to be a free agent after next season. Not only that, they're both, in terms of age, they're north of 30. So how much more productive years they do have left is in question. Um, so if you wanted to go grab a safety, I, I wouldn't be opposed. I wouldn't be opposed. Uh, one of my favorite early round safeties is... Uh, is definitely Daxton Hill. I, I love Daxton Hill, the kid out of, I believe he came comes out of Michigan. Correct. Uh, I, I think he's a, a excellent safety, excellent safety and coverage, can play deep in the middle of the field. I even think he can play some cornerback position if he, if, if you really wanted to, really wanted him to. I think he has that versatility and flexibility to do so. So I really love Daxton Hill. And when it's all said and done, I know Kyle Hamilton gets all the storylines, but I think Daxton Hill can possibly be the best safety in the draft three four years from now that's how high I think about uh think about that kid um uh, next guy that I really like my my favorite college football team is Penn State so I, I, I love me some Jaquan Brisker uh, I think that uh he can be an excellent safety in this NFL for a long time he gives me uh he gives me some Micah Hyde vibes in him he's a guy that 
He can play in the box if you ask him to. You wouldn't want him to on a consistent basis. But in terms of coverage and showing some range and showing his IQ and instinct, I think Jaquan Brisker is uh, could be a, a, a very good safety in the NFL for years to come. And I have a second round grade on him as well. Uh, one guy that I that I wouldn't be opposed to, maybe second or even third round, is Maryland's Nick Cross. Uh, I, I like Nick Cross out of Maryland. I think that uh, he's kind of, I wouldn't say underappreciated, but underrated in terms of the, the names being talked about in the safety class. I like his athleticism. I like his sideline to sideline ability running a four, uh, a four three four forty in the combine. You don't see that much coming out in the safety position. I think he's about six foot, six one, 215 pounds. So he has some nice, uh, nice size and a nice wingspan on him. And I think Nick Cross can uh, play coverage and I think he can play in the box as well. So um, those are my Three favorite safeties in the draft. That's that's going uh, uh, Hill. Uh, obviously, besides Kyle Hamilton, because we know he's not going to be there. We got Hill, Jaquan Brisker, and and Nick Cross is my three favorite safeties in this draft upcoming draft class. I like the Nick Cross one. I have Nick Cross as a second round safety. Jaquan Brisker as well as a safe second round safety. I think the Bills' best value pick if they wanted to go safety would be either in the second or third round. Third round. So, mm-hmm. Someone they could take Jalen Petrie. Could they, they could take in the second round. Leon, Leon O'Neal Jr., Kirby Joseph, guys like those. I think the Bills could totally go in the second or third round. It'd be very interesting if they went a, a safety at twenty five. I think if they went a safety, it would probably be either Daxon Hill, Luis Chin, or maybe Jalen Petrie. Obviously, Kyle Hampton is not going to be on the board at 25, but Daxon Hill safety at 25 would be a very, very interesting pick along with the linebacker pick. Those are two defensive picks that the Bills could maybe tip their hand on what they could potentially be doing in free agency after the 2022 season. So I think that's that type of pick. They go guy in the third round. Doesn't mean Jordan Porter is not coming back. And if they go guy in the first round, Akeem, well, then we can potentially have the conversation. Is Jordan Porter, is this Jordan Porter's last year? Right. Especially if they go Daxon Hill at 25 or anybody at 25 because they view that guy as a potential and a future starter. So that could be tipping hand along with the linebacker position. Any other really positions in this draft, maybe outside of running back, doesn't really tip their hand on any big free agents, in my opinion. But the safety class is deep, not as deep. I think the best value in the second round, and the five guys I like in the second round, Brisker, Kirby Joseph, Nick Cross, Leon O'Neal Jr., and Jalen Petrie. And you potentially could have Louis, Louis Chin from Georgia in the second round. Guys, I guys hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Akeem, I'm going to I'm gonna end it on a quick one. What, if you had to, if the, the draft was tonight, and we can keep this quick. Mm-hmm. On the defensive side of the ball, and if it was your pick, and this is just defense. I did this last week with Brian. Mm-hmm. I picked 25. We're just sticking with defense because obviously that was the theme of the show tonight. And I'll give mm-hmm. my answer after you, after you give yours. Mm-hmm. Draft tonight, who are you going at 25? And the board, realistically, who are you going at 25 on the defensive side of the ball? Oh man, you know, uh, I, I like to I, I like to go against the obvious here. Right. So I'm going a, I'm to a do it again. I'm going to go against the obvious. And the mm-hmm. obvious is the cornerback position for the Buffalo Bills is a need. But we ran off a lot of names at the cornerback position that could be had and that could be capable starters in the NFL and be immediate impact players in the NFL. So I think 
cornerback, even though I wouldn't be opposed to it as in the first round, I think cornerback and finding starters at the cornerback position can be found beyond the first round as well. So if I see 25 and I see a guy like N'Kobe Dean, the linebacker from Georgia available at 25, I'm going to make that selection and draft N'Kobe Dean. I like it. I like it. I'm going to go against the, I'm going to go against the, the norm because everyone's going corner. And I think, if, I think, I, I think you agree with this, Akeem. If the Bills went corner 25, nobody would be a problem with that. I think that would be a great pick, but we heard from Brandon Bean and McDermott that they could double dip in corner. And it kind of sounded like they maybe want to take a corner in the second and maybe fifth because they know how deep this cornerback class is. I like it. Nicobe Dean. I'm going to go take his teammate at 25. We talked about him earlier. I'm going to take Jordan Davis at 25. I think it's so hard to pass up. And we're trying to be realistic as possible. Obviously, these guys can go a couple picks before 25. Mm-hmm. But I think Jordan Davis at 25, I would I think that you have to because he's a freak of nature. He can fill up, he can free up stuff for Ed Oliver, either, like you said, either even Von Miller or Gregory Rousseau or whoever's on the edge. And I think we could have a generational D tackle and this bills up front is starting potentially day one with, you would have Rousseau on the outside along with Von Miller. And then you would have Jordan Davis and Ed Oliver up the middle. And then you have backups of Tim Settle, Daquan Jones and Jordan Phelps. That interior D line would scare people for the foreseeable future. It's so hard to pass up Jordan Davis. And I think it's funny, like you said, Maybe we don't want him to be there at 25 because it's such a hard pass-up. Maybe right. we don't want Nicobe Dean to be there at 25. But that's not what we're paid the big bucks to do. So, guys, I keep, we both went against the, the the current landscape of the draft. Like, we think corners can be at 25. Akeem went Nicobe Dean. I went Jordan Davis. Akeem, I appreciate you coming on. One last time, where can everyone find you on the built-in Buffalo Network? Uh, uh, definitely, man. I appreciate it. Great job. Great show today, Peter. I'm always a fan of your show. Uh, a rich, Akeem Richens. You can find me on social media, King rich, uh, nine, eight, seven, King rich underscore nine, eight, seven on, uh, Instagram on, uh, Twitter. You could definitely find me there. My shows on the built in Buffalo network, Saturday nights, Bill's allergy, nine 30, every Saturday night. Then I have uh, conflict of interest every Tuesday night. I'm the co-host of with my host, Dan Kelly. Uh, Saturday, Saturday Bills Allergy, Tuesday conflict of interest. Check me out on the Built in Buffalo Network. Peter, thank you once again. Of course, Akeem. Always a pleasure to have you on. Guys, make sure you guys check him out. Obviously, make sure you check out all of the Built in Buffalo Network. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And make sure you guys always check out the Buffalo Woods Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Every Friday morning, we come out with an episode. So you drive to work, whatever you do on Friday morning, make sure you guys go on and check out the Buffalo Woods podcast. You guys will see this Friday. And also, I just started writing for the builtinbuffalonews.com. I just posted, like I said, a profile on Roger McCreary. I'm going to be posting more stuff. So you guys make sure you just not just check out my stuff, but as well as other people's. There's great content content throughout the Built in Buffalo Network, as well as the website. Some great articles, some great insight. Next week's episode is going to be a special one. It's just going to be me because I'm going to be recording right after the Bills announced their first round pick. So you guys are going to hear my breakdown Friday morning of what the Bills will, will have done with their first round pick. And then I will break down what the Bills could do on day two of the draft on Friday night. So guys, next time you're going to be hearing me, we're going to be, we know who the Bills drafted in the first round, and I'll be breaking it down right here on the Buffalo Bits podcast on the Built-In Buffalo Network. Guys, I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Enjoy the weekend. I will see you guys next week. 
and we'll be breaking down the Bills' first-round pick. Once again, this was the Buffalo Blitz podcast on the Built-in Buffalo Network, and I was your host, Peter DiBiase. Have a good rest of your weekend. Thank you.